Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, welcome back. And to you, sir. And uh, we are joined again today uh, by Pete Mummert from the Indiana Jones Minute. Hey, Pete. Hi. Nice to be back. Welcome Thanks back. for coming back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we are talking about, uh, today we're talking about Minute 59 of Star Trek II, uh, minute 59 starts with the Enterprise slowing down uh, and pulling up alongside the regular one space station and ends a minute later with Savick starting to say, no flag officer shall beam into a hazardous dot, dot, dot. Hazardous <laughs> what? <laughs> so this, like, I, I know I mentioned last minute, I was had a question whether it was soundtrack or sound effects. Mm-hmm. And that was my question about sort of that kind of wind chime sound when the enterprise is, when the enterprise shows up in front of the space station, mm. like is that soundtrack or is that kind of creaky metal of an abandoned space station sound? So I, I think it's the enterprise coming to a stop. Like got to imagine that the ship is coming, you know, at a certain speed and then it's trying to slow itself down. I feel like it's almost the enterprise working against itself sort of. Uh-huh. Making creaking, kind of like when your house settles a little bit, I guess. That's what that's what I thought it was. At least that's what I always thought it was. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say I think I agree with Dave. I think it's the – I think it's the we're, – we're listening to the Enterprise, like, putting the brakes on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I got to say, I, I don't think I've ever really paid attention to it at all. It's such a – you know, mm. it's a pretty brief moment. Uh, yeah, brief moment. Uh-huh. Um, but in watching this minute over and over again, you can actually see, too, the Enterprise momentum slows way down, too. It kind of, you know, you hear the brakes, and then all of a sudden it kind of, it almost, oh, looks cool. like it almost comes to a stop uh-huh. right. before, they cut, before they cut away. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that's really, that's, I you never really thought about it. Like, yeah, I guess they have to park alongside this thing. It wouldn't <laughs> just be, normally they're orbiting a planet, right? In this case, they're, yeah, they're, mm-hmm. uh, they got to get on board. So, although, look, they look awfully close. Yeah. They do. <laughs> yeah. You almost think they could just have some sort of, docking thing to dock right into it and i think we mentioned it a little bit last minute maybe about docking into it because as we're gonna see in you know upcoming minutes they don't they get over there via other means to me it seems like wouldn't it be much simpler if they just stop right next to it get into orbit with it and pop open a you know tunnel little tunnel Uh Uh for sure yeah they probably don't have power for that though dave (laughs) yeah that's true Uh, so um so here we go. Uh, picking up from our last minute, follow the blood stain. Uh, <laughs> we we cut on the ridge. First thing we see is is a different blood stain. It's already <laughs> happened. So <laughs> before, before we get there, <laughs> before we get there, well, Actually, what is this? <laughs> no, uh, I was thinking about Ohura. Okay. So she's been going on even last minute. You know, she's uh-huh. talking about like space agent regular one. This is Enterprise. Come in. Space Station 1, do you read me? You know, she's going on and on. And then at the beginning of this minute, she's, you know, no response. 
Like, what are you just going to give up? <laughs> You're done. No sponsor. That's that's been the theme. <laughs> yeah, it has, and I feel like it just perpetuates itself. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't gotten any hate mail from folks about us <laughs> giving over such a hard time in this movie. Uh, but back to your point about the spot, the stain. Um, yeah, it definitely moves. It's definitely made its way uh, farther up his chest. So this is this will be number two. Let's call it number two. So maybe he maybe he was running up from the from sick bay. He changed his shirt, ran back out, and some other guy brought up his kid. <laughs> he, okay, I got to do this again. Everyone he bumps into slaps him with a bloody hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I find is is that in between last minute and this minute, because we commented about McCoy and his outfit, his swanky white outfit, he is now back in his military outfit. Uh-huh. Like, what? how much time has passed? Are we to assume that the three hours have passed since we've made it to regular one? Like, what? what and maybe, to your point, Pete, maybe... Maybe he met another. He did change, and another. <laughs> he met another dying person, and they reached up. Well, I was wondering that because because I you know I didn't even I I actually didn't notice that the stain had moved, and so I was originally thinking, um, well, they must have just come straight up. But so does that mean McCoy? Like as soon as Scotty left the room, he was like, okay, I'm out of here, and he ran right up to the bridge. <laughs> I I think that's we've I know I've mentioned it a bunch of times. Is like we just forget like the progression of time. It's not as linear as we'd like to think it is uh-huh. like in movies we think like one things happens after another but we as we've learned from the beginning of this movie we saw things that we happened one after the other but may have been happening simultaneously so i'm gonna believe that hours days maybe have passed and that's Good point yeah because why else would uh the ensign be wiping down the screen because <laughs> with other things that could be repaired on the ship. I mean, if the mains are not online, hey, let me wipe this panel off. You got time to lean. You got time to clean. <laughs> yeah, I had the same comment. I'm like, yeah, wow, if that's all they have left to clean up. They're in pretty good shape. <laughs> I mean, if he's cleaning that screen, right to his left is a giant black mark. Yeah. Cleaning. <laughs> But then I was wondering, maybe this was one of the guys in engineering when Kirk starts his inspection and he gets out that white glove or white handkerchief and runs it over the console. He's like, oh, God, I got to get the dust off. This guy's going to be pissed. <laughs> he might stop at my station at any moment. <laughs> um, Dave, going back to your comment, though, about uh, how much time has passed. Yeah. I, I, you know, I wonder now if it, it, it has been a significant amount of time because I would say Kirk's attitude here when he walks away from horror station kind of starts crossing the bridge and he's snapping his fingers and he <laughs> he's got um it fits better now because he's got like a, this restless um air about him right and it makes more sense when you think about yeah he's just been you know he's been waiting to get to regular right find out right. what is going on what you know what happened to carol what did Khan do you know and uh, how much did Khan learn when he was there? Um, and uh, so, because because when I was watching the minute, I was like, geez, he's, it's a weird, <laughs> a weird thing for him to do, and he's snapping his fingers yeah. walking around. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if he's if if you take him in as more restless, I think that uh, that makes a little more sense. Uh-huh. So if you if we think of along those lines, we see that McCoy has changed his clothes. Why has Kirk 
not changed him. Yeah. <laughs> what does he do? What does that stain mean to him? Is it, is it motivation for him? <laughs> could be, could be as now he's, you know, it's his, uh, uh, his constant reminder of his, of his failure. Uh, could, could be, <laughs> but he's got a stink. Well, because of the stain? Well, no, just be, be, he's been wearing that outfit for who knows how many days. <laughs> or at least he could he could kind of button it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be loose. And I think that's what, you know, plays with the our, our minds with time. Because we see like this and we're thinking, oh, well, that just happened five minutes ago. When in reality, it could have happened hours, days. We don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he does say best speed to regular one, so we don't know how long that was going to take. True. And even when Khan attacks them, I don't even know if we know how far away he is. Uh-huh. No, they don't. They do a good job of kind of keeping it, keeping it vague. Right. I, I've got a question for you guys. Sure. Uh, like you see Kirk standing in front of the um, turbo lift door, mm-hmm. and it, the door has like the arrows saying it goes in all four directions. I had always kind of thought that the bridge was the top. So is that just a, like a a standard sign? It's on every door, or is is the bridge not that sort of dome thing at the top? Oh, well, I think it. I think it is at the top, but I also think that they're entering a turbo lift that can go in all directions. So maybe they go down to the D deck and then can go sideways. Uh huh. That's what I think. No, I think I think Pete just pointed out a total failure. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do <laughs> You think no, so? No, I think that I think that 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 should be the letter A, and only have left and right. Oh, not even left and right, right? It should only have like a down it's arrow. Down. Could be. Yeah. Ugh, you just ruined the movie <laughs> for me, Pete. <laughs> well, maybe I. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess it wouldn't have an up arrow because if that's the top, then yeah, they're at the top level. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. Well. No, I'm, I'm sure you're right, Dave. It's just telling you this type of elevator. No, no, no. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I, I agree that maybe, maybe it should just be a down. <laughs> but maybe they just maybe they just use the same pattern. Like maybe that's just, maybe that pattern just means turbo lift. I'm not gonna be able. I'm not gonna be able to unsee this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the one thing that I did like though is like you look at Uhura's chair there, and it looks so comfortable. Like, and I just kept thinking of those Ricardo Montalban. You guys remember those commercials he did for Chrysler? He would always talk about Corinthian leather. And now every time I I see this, I am Ricardo Montalban. (laughs) She does look comfy. You can barely see her head. She's like, yeah, Yeah, it's like she's big Yeah, she has the job of a lifetime. (laughs) Doesn't have to produce results and sits in a comfy chair. So I have another another question for I don't know if it's a question observation. Um, uh, Kirk uh, asks for you know sensors captain, which you know is a nice touch. He is acknowledging that Spock's the captain of the Enterprise right now. Um, and as he's just as, as Spock comes into frame and he walks by Spock, Spock's delivering his lines. You know, scanners and sen- sensors are inoperative. He looks like a Madame Tussauds version of Spock. <laughs> There's like, I mean, I know he's, I know he's, he's Vulcan and he's not supposed to be, have expressions or anything, but he's like delivering his lines like into, into the air. He's not looking at anybody. It's a really, it's really funny looking for the first few seconds. Um, I don't think I noticed that, but that's totally, he's yeah. totally looking at like the ground or whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and when he turns around, have... oh, go ahead. 
no, I was going to say, it would, be, it would be funny if he held it for a little longer. I mean, you know, it's only for a few seconds, and he does turn in his chair. But it would be great <laughs> if the whole scene was just him delivering it out and just staring off at his face. Maybe he's staring at the captain's chair thinking, like, i got to get back in that captain's chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty Pete, funny. Pete, I, I interrupt you, Pete. Sorry. Oh, no, no. My, I'm, I was just going to say, my notes just said, is Spock asleep? Because he's just, like, yeah. completely, like, his eyes are unfocused and he, He's well. They like maybe they've just been up this whole time. They haven't much gotten much much rest. <laughs> um, so another question, you know, that's we have this little back and forth routine, Spock and Kirk. Uh, they they can't, you know, sensors are inoperative, so they don't know what's out. They don't know what's in the station. They don't know if Reliant is still in the area. So a couple questions I had. Uh, what do you think the what is what is the area? How how much? How much area are they talking about? Because when you think about these are just spaceships in space, you know, they're, they're they could have gone in, you know, they I mean they can go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking when the when the Reliant uh, drifts away after the uh, uh, Kirk surprises them and, and they get some shots in and it limps away, couldn't they just had somebody looking out the window, watching it? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it's going there. I can see it. It's it's going. It's going off to the right. Off to the right. Off to the right. I mean, eventually, I guess you wouldn't be able to see it. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't it know. It's like you would get an idea where, like, kind of which direction at least he was going. Yeah, somebody look out a window. Where this guy might be coming <laughs> back. Um, the planetoid beyond. Yep. Regular class D. Um, I did some research. I was just curious. Um, my Star Trek knowledge, you know, goes to. Uh, you always hear class M planets, which I know those are the ones that are inhabitable. Uh -huh. um, so this one's a class D. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go look. How many, how many, how many classes do you guys think are are out there in the the Federation's uh, classification system? Do you guys know? Three. I'm going to say Three. nine. Oh, uh, I guess Pete wins because he's closest. <laughs> uh, uh, they go up to class Z. Wow. So wow. there is there are a ton. So is that um, layers like levels of habitability, or is it other factors? Uh, it was. It's a little bit of both. It's habitability, and then there's like a there's a few of them that are just about different types of gas gaseous planets. So there's super gas giants and regular gas giants, and then there's crummy little ones like Pluto is a, I think a oh God, now I don't have it in front of me, so someone's going to call me on this. I think Pluto is like a class uh, uh, X or something like that. So they actually reference a whole bunch of. Uh, reference planets in this whole system, but there's uh, huh. there's at least 26 of them, uh, which <laughs> I would have thought closer to what Pete said, nine. Wow, yeah, that's... But Class D is essentially a great rock in space, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is in the reference material. <laughs> Does it start at A? Is A just completely one, like a one-or planet, or...? Oh, now you're, now you're testing me, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I do not know. Sorry to call you out. I'm just... You totally got <laughs> I didn't me. Mean to call you out. There is totally no, got me. They don't. They don't reference class A. Yeah, there's a yeah. You got you got me. Yep. So <laughs> the only ones that I know that they reference are class D, planetoid or moon, mm -hmm. uninhabitable. Class H, uninhabitable. J, gas giant, something like Jupiter. K, which is more of like a like a Mars. Uh, class L, which has uh, no only vegetation, no animals. M, which is Earth, terrestrial. Uh -huh. N, R, T, and Y, the only ones that I've actually found that have uh, classifications. 
So even though it may go through A to Z, I don't know what the other ones are. Yep. Anyway, so there was our bad Trekkie moment for this episode. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> Glad I could help. <laughs> uh, all right. So what else we got? Uh, uh, Reliant could be hiding behind that rock. Um, could. Um, a distinct possibility. And uh, and this is we. I think we did we talk about that in this minute or in on Monday um, about Scotty and his. Uh, dartboard down in engineering about what you can have yeah. power. Yeah, Pete <laughs> mentioned that on Monday. <laughs> so this time it's this time it, the question was do you have enough power for transporters and Scotty says barely sir. Um, so, so it, it kind of puts What does that yeah, mean though? Does that mean um <laughs> does that mean barely yeah you you will get there <laughs> or are we going to be the guy from the motion picture you know turning into some freak <laughs> Deformed creature. Yeah. If I heard that, <laughs> that I'd be like, and, and I'm surprised that McCoy wants to go hearing yeah, that yeah, because that, he that made such the... a fuss in yeah. the motion picture about not wanting to have his atoms spread all over the galaxy. And he's, he's instantly like, oh, yeah, I'll go. I can spare me. <laughs> and also, uh, like, so a transporter takes more power than impulse power? Like, it takes more to transport someone than to move a ship? Yeah, there uh, are, that's there, exactly my notes, Pete. Exactly. They're already, so they can, they can, they're already there. They can shut off the impulse <laughs> engines. Yeah, it can serve some power. Transfer power, buddy. Don't make me do your job for you. <laughs> I think I think it just speaks to the uh, the complexity of of what it takes technologically to transport somebody atom by atom from one yeah. place to another. They yeah. need a lot of power and a lot of that makes whatever. Sense. Yeah. A lot of resources to make mm. that happen. So that just that just makes the transporters that much more impressive. <laughs> that would be my spin on it. Yeah. Or else maybe it's just different wires got burned up. Like wires leading to the transporters, those are kind of okay. But wires leading to the like photon torpedoes kind of got burned through. Or Oh, yes, that too. Yep. Although it is enough power. So I think yours is a better explanation. He does say, is there enough power? Barely, sir. <laughs> Great, good enough for me, <laughs> McCoy. You go first. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so McCoy volunteers, right? He's like, "I'll go with you," and um, uh, he can spare me, right? Oh, I can spare me. But I, it was. Did you guys notice when 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 Kirk asks McCoy, he's like, "Oh, there might. Can you spare someone? There might be people hurt." And he's like. What's the hand gesture he's doing? He's like, <laughs> I'm on a ride or something. It's very, it's very casual. It's very, I don't know. It just, you know, down, fit. down there, down that away. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna go down, down over across, across the, across the way there, regular. <laughs> but yeah, and so there. Um, I guess that's where that's where we get to the end here. Savick again just pops up out of nowhere. Um, she's always eavesdropping. She is. She should be working, and uh, throws her two cents in again, um, starting to quote General Order Fifteen: that no flag officer shall beam into a hazardous. Dot dot dot. But before we get to that, if you, mm. as I'm watching the minute over and over again, either Kirstie Alley is reciting the lines <laughs> that Kirk is saying or she's reciting her own lines to herself 
She's clearly not talking to Sulu. She's looking at the board and she's talking to something. So, oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I thought that too. And then, but then I was like, well, maybe she just, she's like, do I say something again? Do I say something again? This jerk's just going to tell me, like, ignore me. Do I say something again? Like, is she just like muttering to herself? But yeah, it does look like she's rehearsing <laughs> what she's about to say. Uh, yeah, because she talks and then all of a sudden she gets up and I'm like, ooh, was that a... Was that an amateur, you know, <laughs> acting mistake there? That's awesome. I've, I've, I've never noticed that before. Um, I don't think it's Chris Alley. I think it's Savick. I think she's, she's rehearsing. She's making up General Order 15, right? Well, do we know? Maybe. That? Do we know, do we know that? that? Okay. So yeah, I think, I think she's, she's muttering under breath to, to do the pop up and, and interrupt again. That's my, that's that's my theory. That's a great catch, Dave, because that's hard to see. Well, I was watching the minute, and I'm like, it, you gotta love the minute format because you catch things that you yeah. don't normally. And I just happened to be seeing that as I was watching the thumb in your ride thing, and there she is. Point of day. <laughs> well, speaking awesome. of things, catching things, like you were mentioning, I think on Monday about the different colors being different things. You you get a good look at it right here, like. McCoy's wearing, you can see the green collar and he's even got the green cuff and like sort of the green behind his communicator thing. Yep. And so oh, it's yeah. all red and, and he's even got the green stripe down the side of his pants. Oh, does he down the pants too? Yep. Oh yeah. I, nice. That I did not know. I didn't know the, the pants matched, but yeah, it totally does. Then why is Kirk's maroon and not white? Yeah, that one's strange. The, because oh, it looks like Kirk's blood. Oh, is it blood? <laughs> the, the moving stain? Yeah, someone just someone just grabbed him by the leg and you know dragged his hand <laughs> down his leg. What Wilson? <laughs> yeah, actually, you do get a lot. You get a, you can see. So you got Spock, you got Kirk, McCoy, Savick, and even Sulu. You can see Sulu's got the gold, uh -huh. um, gold yep. turtleneck, the gold. Uh, yeah. I nice. I, do, I like how Sulu's just kind of like how he's watching this interaction. Like he's just kind of looking back and forth between them. Yep. He's like, oh boy, where's this going? <laughs> She's going to get herself in trouble. She is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've exhausted my notes for this minute. How about you guys? Yep. I'm good. Yep. I'm out. You're out. All right. Well, great. Well, Pete, uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you share with folks where they can find you online? Uh, if you like these movie-by-minute podcasts, you can find us talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark at indianajonesminute.com. Awesome. Fantastic. That's a great show, by the way. Yes, we should. Uh, we didn't mention that uh, last time, but uh, we are both fans of, of Raiders and the, yes. the Indiana oh, cool. Jones uh, Minute. So uh, we've been enjoying it, uh, you and Tom and Jerry. Um, so uh, keep up the good work. I'm looking forward. You're, are you going to be moving on or are you keeping that under under wraps right now if you're moving on to the nope, next we're, we're We're in it for the life for all of them. I Awesome. Some of us always happy about Crystal Skull, but <laughs> that's the point. No, there's, there's, there's plenty of good moments, moments in Crystal Skull. Yeah, I think so. Too. Is there? <laughs> yeah, come on. There uh, is. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, then, uh, folks, uh, if you are looking for us online, uh, you can find us on Twitter at WOK Minute, uh, Instagram at Wrath of Con Minute, and on Facebook, we are at the Wrath of Con Minute Listener Federation, which is a group you can join and uh, chime in on your theories uh, and point out uniform uh, colors and whatnot. Um, you can also send us old-fashioned emails uh, at podcast at com, And uh, we will be back here again on Friday with Pete. 
um, talking about minute 60 of Star Trek II here at the Wrath of Khan Minute. Peter Preston! <laughs>